Sometimes I like to imagine the world after us, the strange mammals that will emerge, the abundance of biodiverse plant life taking over our fields and factories and so on. I don't think this world will be better. I maintain that we are the most interesting thing to happen on Earth, and there is real beauty and meaning in our curiosity and compassion, even as we also cause and witness so much suffering. But at any rate, there will be a world after us, after each of us. And that's why there's life insurance. It exists to provide a financial safety net to those who love and count on you. Policy Genius's technology makes it easy to compare life insurance quotes from America's top insurers in just a few clicks to find your lowest price. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. So save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. Policy Genius, because there will be a world without us. Dear Hank and John, or as, or as we, we like, like to think, think of it, Dear, dear Tangents and Hank. It's a podcast where <laughs> two brothers and sometimes four friends so <laughs> answer your questions, give you dubious advice, and bring you all the week's news from both Mars and AFC Wimbledon. Hi, everybody. I recently got a pumpkin, but it was broken, so I had to go get a pumpkin patch. Oh, oh God. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> was that your joke? Yeah, your official joke of the episode. <laughs> the official joke of the episode because it it's how it's Halloweeny time. It started off as like an interesting story. I wanted yeah. to know how yeah. you buy a broken pumpkin. <laughs> so, special attention is our podcast where we talk about science things and we try to amaze each other with science facts and also beat each other in getting science related points. Hank bucks with stupid Hank bucks. Stupid Hank. Well, I mean, how are you doing? Are you still in last place? Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the people who join me on SciShow Tangents are Sari Riley. Hello. What's your tagline? I want a Pokemon shirt. Oh, that's a great tagline. Oh. It tells every everybody everything they need to know about you. Yeah, including my not middle-aged man age range. Sari yeah. <laughs> is in charge of like all editorial at Crash Course. We're also joined by Sam Schultz. Hello. I'm a producer, a special projects producer, I believe is what oh. I'm called. Oh. <laughs> I gave myself a promotion just now. <laughs> You're not a producer of any of the channels no. since SciShow Kids ended. At Tangents, I am not. But is that a channel? Well, it's not a YouTube channel, oh, but okay. you take on all of our like unique yeah. projects like tangents. And, yeah. Black Ops. Black Ops. <laughs> special, forces. Yeah. special Forces. Special Forces. Mm-hmm. And Stefan Chin is also here. Hi. How yes. are you doing? Uh, pretty good. Just had a lovely weekend out in the oh, was great. wilderness. We brought back so much bread. <laughs> <laughs> and Stefan is a producer of SciShow. Yeah. I, you know, make spreadsheets and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and also videos. Oh, yeah. I do that occasionally. At Dear Hank and John, we get a number of different kinds of questions. And we have questions sometimes that are science questions. People just like hit us with, and I'm like, yeah. I love it. I'll hit, I'll answer your science are questions. Are they trying to get you to help them do their homework or something? Ooh. I think that they're just having interesting thoughts about the universe. Uh, okay. I'd like to give them the benefit of the doubt. Okay. <laughs> so we have front loaded this episode with some science questions, but we also have some normal questions. So we'll, we'll maybe more than average will be our science questions. Mm-hmm. But also we want to take on and help our 
help our listeners with various. And I can't talk about science anymore. I'm sick of it. (laughs) (laughs) That's too bad. Because we're recording an episode tomorrow. I know, but I need a break. (laughs) Well, then this is it. It's your palate cleanser. So we're going to have our first question. It comes from Steph, who asks, Dear Hank and Tangents, when I step in a puddle of mud and a bunch of microbes end up on the back of my legs, and then I go and I have a shower to wash them off, did I just send all those microbes for the ride of their lives? Do they even notice? Or are they probably still chilling on the back of my legs somewhere? Suddenly concerned for the microcosmos, Steph. I am very interested to know, like, what the experience of acceleration and, like, G-forces is Mm -hmm. at at that, at the microscopic level. Microscopic organisms have, they can sense things, but mostly they sense things that are useful to them. Well, entirely. But mm. We all sense things that are useful to us. Yeah. There are some that can detect gravity. They can tell up from down so that they can move within. Mm-hmm. But, but that's pretty unusual. Mostly what they can detect is oxygen concentration, and light, because those are, the, those are the things that are necessary for their metabolism. So mm-hmm. they don't really care if they're like swirling around in a in the like. This is, I think about the ocean. Like the ocean, like those molecules are just sloshing all over yeah. all the time. Like, yeah, but they're not really aware of that in the way that like a human sloshing around in the ocean is. So it's just like a really quickly changing environment. It's more like this changed, thus do this, and that's a direct link. There's no like thought in between. Yeah, obviously, yeah. like microbes don't think the like the way that like a plant will turn to face Mm -hmm. the sun is like this is over here and then there's sort of a direct molecular mechanism that tells them to do the the next thing so in the mud puddle presumably they're mud puddle loving microbes they're happy there they got their nutrients then when they splash on the back of your leg you have different chemicals on the back of their leg and that can either be like wow what happened here it's too (laughs) i don't like this at all i don't like this i'm gonna try to move away and like then they squirm and do whatever chemo taxis. <laughs> <laughs> chemo taxis is uh-huh. moving through a chemical gradient. So yeah. like mm. I sense that there's more oxygen here than there was here. So I'll move that way and they keep moving. And that's sort of like why microbes move is that they're traveling down chemical gradients. Mm-hmm. There's also this idea that we're all doing that. We yeah. are just constantly all sort of traveling through a chemical gradient of our own brain chemistry uh-huh. and uh, that we don't actually make very many decisions on our own. I feel that if you like track every minute of your week and you do that week to week like a disgusting percentage (laughs) of the things that you do are just like the same things that you do every week like there's not a lot of new (laughs) yeah well no i like showers yeah yeah, i like food eating i like love sleep (laughs) recording of dear hank and john yeah but it's like how much of this am I choosing? Right. No. Well, mm. definitely. Have you seen my calendar? <laughs> I don't know. I don't design that thing. <laughs> so calendars are just chemicals. Yeah. Is capitalism mm. a chemical? I feel like that's making you do a lot of things. <laughs> it's quite do a lot of those things. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's the, a societal the, yeah, soup. Yeah. Like capitalism is sort of our societal soup <laughs> um, that we have to sort of function inside of. It's okay. our physical property. Mm. I'd rather just our get brain. washed down the dang drain. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of a tangential question, but do you intentionally wash the back of your leg no yes yes i don't usually. yeah i don't that's I like, like a I have, once a week i probably haven't washed my like <laughs> like calves yeah that's like half yeah. of your but like height. what's the, the water gets down there <laughs> it's soapy uh, water too yeah like there are a few key areas that your you need butt to... first yeah, yeah. Well. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like the runoff of the dirt yeah. and the grease from your hair yeah. and stuff going down the rest of your body it you needs its like, own special attention for sure just take a washcloth and do the I'm Hot to the bottom. Do you wash your feet? 
Yeah, I wash my feet because oh, they they like good. they like have a, a dirtiness odor. to them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like I can tell they're dirty. Okay. Whereas my calves, like no matter yeah. what I do to them, they're always just they like always chilling. It's not like I can sniff my calves about, and be like, oh, whoa, 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 boy, my calves. What about your knee pit? You wash your knee pit? Yeah. Not really. Oh it's boy, fine. you guys' knee pits are stanky. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. but you're never gonna come into contact with my knee pit. Oh yeah, I guess you're right. But so. <laughs> someone might. Somebody is Somebody going might. to. Someday. If you like are next to a child, that the height of your knee, and you're wearing shorts, they could smell no. that knee. <laughs> yeah. I want them to have a slightly negative experience so that they learn not to grab my knee pit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm helping. This is something you need to know. <laughs> I mean, sometimes I do it and I'm like, oh, that's nice. No one, no one ever touches me there. <laughs> so, well, thanks for answering that question yeah. for me. Dear Hank and Tangents. No, no. Other what? way around. Dear Tangents and Hank? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Dear Tangents and Hank, what happens when an astronaut sneezes in space? Do they fly across the room like in cartoons? And if the sneeze occurred in the International Space Station, how would they clean up the sneezed out fluid that is floating in the air? Oh. Not Krista. Krista. Mm. <laughs> this that's, is a great question. That's good to know. I mean, equal and opposite reaction. If stuff's flying out, it pushes you backwards. Yeah. Does the fluid float in the space station like a little droplet? Yeah. Oh, I mean, this seems like like this is the reason they don't want bread in the space station. Like, <laughs> there are crumbs. There are little yeah. particles that uh-huh. end up in the air, and then that mm-hmm. gets behind your panels, and then there's right. mold and stuff back there, and then you, you can't clean it out. And yeah, there's yeah. filters, and then the more you have to change the filters, the more yeah. work it is, the more maintenance there is. But I think that, like, specifically for stuff like sneezing and, you know, various other reasons there might be droplets sure. in space, there are systems to take care of the droplets. Mm-hmm. Like One, I think bag. that you try to sneeze into something that will absorb it. Mm, yeah. um, but Two, the filters do this for the stuff that doesn't get caught. And and then also there are devices for capturing liquids that are traveling around. Mm. Like a little vacuum cleaner it's to be like, Roomba. suck that up. You're waving your hand around and I imagine the butterfly net. <laughs> yeah. Just like, <laughs> woo, woo, woo. up the bugs. Yeah. <laughs> you know, for when you accidentally just pee. Uh, that probably happens. Gotta suck that up. No. Yeah, if you're an astronaut. Do you accidentally just pee? No, yeah. if you're in space, though, sometimes you might be like, ah, <laughs> uh-oh. <laughs> Might float out. I don't know. Because <laughs> it's harder to hold it in? I don't know. You might think about how scary it is to be in space. <laughs> oh, you look out the window and you're like, oh, Jesus, I feel it. Oh, that's yeah. terrifying. If you sneezed and didn't cover your mouth, would you fly backwards? But if you sneezed and Dracula, you wouldn't fly backwards? In some... Because the... Well, not all of it would be captured. But, yes, if it flew, you would... Get pushed back, and then when the the energy hit your hand, it would push you forward, uh, and so it would cancel uh-huh. each other out. If you were able to capture all of the Ooh, sneeze energy. energy, yeah, okay, could also be useful if you get like stuck if in you the get middle. Stuck of in the, the middle, <laughs> then you just whip out a little emergency pepper packet and like uh-huh. douse yourself. Genius. Do any of you stop your sneezes? I like pinch I do my nose. To I stop. used to do that, and but now I feel like I train myself to sneeze more through my mouth than my nose because I was doing that, mm-hmm. and I feel like that's bad and I'm going to die one day. What? Like sneezes go at like 100 miles an hour. I'm going to like try to redirect it. Your and whole it's nose blow is going to pop face off. Out. Yeah. 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 I think that if like holding in your sneezes killed you, we would hear about that more. Mm-hmm. I would be dead. <laughs> uh, dear Tangents and Hank, why do we have toes? I understand fingers, but why toes? They seem very odd. I can't even move them individually like I can my fingers. What do they do? Please help. Fingers and toes, Cambria. <laughs> Why do, uh, I mean, I, like fingers are pretty understandable. They're super uh-huh. useful. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we don't 
consciously use our toes much. I do. I'm sure we unconsciously oh. are using them to balance all the time. Yeah. Right? Maybe? That's, that's sort of my thinking, but Hank seems to consciously use his toes. I use toes. my toes consciously all the time. Do you pick up stuff I, with your toes? I pick stuff up I with my do. toes. I do. Too. Bending over is hard for me because mm. my because my hamstrings are very tight. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel like I have good toe dexterity, but also when it feels like, oh, bending over is hard, I'm like, I should make a point to bend over then so that I'm right. Like, oh, interesting. That's a good point. I should bend over more. Use it or lose sometimes it. Sometimes I'm holding a child in one arm and Ooh. he's dropped his toy on the ground and he's crying and I just pick it up with my toe. Does the fact that, that we can't move all of them individually for the most part mean that we're like evolving them to not be there anymore? Or mm. I think that they are useful and I think that there's definitely a side to side thing happening. Yeah. So the big toe and the pinky toe and sort of the end toes, they do independent things and need to do independent right. things. So you wouldn't want like just a flipper out there. But maybe right. we could evolve like a like a dino foot. Three like toes. Just two, two or three toes. That's yeah, all we when need. You, when you got like a simple body plan, this is like a Hox gene thing where like there are these special genes that do layout and it's better to just sort of rely on the same ones that say like, okay, there's going to be five things and we're going to do it on this side and this side and mm -hmm. down on the bottom two. And these that, work well enough. Yeah. It might be better to have fewer toes, but it's even better to not have to like mess with mm -hmm. the sort of body plan mm -hmm. more, mm -hmm. which is why we end up with, you know, all vertebrates on land having the same body plan. Mm -hmm. right. Head on the top, two arms, two legs. It's wild. The bones in your hands and toes are called phalanges, which yeah. I remember yeah. from AP Bio. And it's just a fun <laughs> word. A great word. You got a bunch of phalanges. <laughs> hands are amazing. I, I like mine quite a bit. Yeah. Sometimes you look at them and you're like, what beautiful, delicate, perfect little machines. And also when you to look too hard, you're like, ew. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Dear Tangents and Hank. I am 71 years old, and even though I have lots of nice clothing, I have a low interest in dressing up. I generally just wear t-shirts, blue jeans, and a sweatshirt. But when you get old and you don't dress well, people try to give you money on the street. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoy the invisibility of old age and maintain that I could wear fuzzy pink slippers and no one would notice. My wife, on the other hand, always looks her best and dresses up very nicely. When we go out together, it's a mismatch. She never says anything, but I sense that it bothers her. Should I join the 12-step group? <laughs> what does Derek, that mean? That was a big... <laughs> That was a big, uh, I feel like you don't need a 12-step group to look nice sometimes. No, but maybe each of the steps is like learning how to wear a new piece of clothing. <laughs> right, like this is a kind of 12-step group that mm. I, that is not the traditional kind. Start with the socks and then yeah. go up from there. How many, do what? I have 12 pieces of clothing? No way. Sock, sock, shoe, shoe. Oh, if you can one sock at a time. Sock. Yeah, okay. one sock at a time, because that could be a fashion choice. But then socks. you throw in a watch and a couple rings, you yeah. can get up to. Can, can I count my shoelaces? Are they clothes? Oh, maybe if they if you like, use them as an accessory, yeah. Yeah. I would count a shoelace mm -hmm. if you count a watch. Mm. Boom, shoelaces too. I would count your glasses too. Glasses are also one, clothes. Those are the advanced shoes. steps oh. at the end. Yeah, yeah but that's like part of the twelve. Right. When you're thinking about customization, that's where all the like hidden numbers come in. Yeah. Yeah, and also like it's not just about clothes; it's also about appearance, so you could be like, oh, like tattoo. moose tattoos. Oh, moose oh. tattoos. Oh, like hair. I thought that hair. was one item. <laughs> <laughs> a moose tattoo. You know. Eric, you need to get a moose tattoo. Mm -hmm. Everybody, not that this is what the question was. What do we mm -hmm. think about getting a tattoo in our 70s? Great. Oh, that's awesome. perfect. Yeah. In my 30s, I'm like, I have so long to go mm -hmm. that like, I might regret this. Yeah. But mm -hmm. by the 70s, like, I'll either, I'll have it all figured out and then I'll know what I want. Yeah. Or if it's a mistake, there's not that matter. much longer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's like uh, you start regretting it in your 80s and you're like, well, <laughs> and I regret a lot of things at this point. <laughs> yeah. The moose tattoo was the lesser of the things that I've done in my life. But I think in I your regret. 70s, too, you can figure out where the moose tattoo will look the best. Ooh. Like where your skin is still the most taut. Maybe mm-hmm. it like, I don't know, mm-hmm. like work with your wrinkles to make yeah. it a full chest moose tattoo. Probably. Yeah. Full chest Ooh, moose shoot. tattoo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. That sounds expensive. Well, Eric, I do, like, I, under, I completely understand going low effort on clothes. So I like this question because I am very specific about the clothes that I wear just because I like to be comfortable. Mm-hmm. So I'm the type mm. of person who will buy new clothes, probably like Eric, where I will, I have a bunch of clothes that I go out and I'm like, the day I buy them, I'm like, oh, this is cool. I'm going to wear this all the time. But then I wear it a couple of times. And it's like, this isn't very comfortable. I'm just going to wear the same outfit that I wear every day of my life. Mm-hmm. But Rachel, my fiance, she dresses extremely nicely and she has a million different outfits and like three closets full of clothes. And she's always trying to get me to dress better. And she buys me stuff sometimes. And I have to wear that because I get yelled at if I don't. <laughs> so I think my advice is to let your wife buy you some clothes. Oh. But also be sure that she buys you stuff you like because that's something we fought about all the time was like she would buy me crazy stuff mm-hmm. or like sweaters that were just too loud for me <laughs> mm-hmm. so eventually I had to negotiate like yeah. I'll wear this pattern but it has to be blue yeah a little bit of compromise on both ends mm-hmm. like maybe every once in a while you dress up but maybe if you're not saying but... anything about it it's fine yeah you know there's nothing wrong with being comfy every day of the week but also there's nothing wrong with being comfy four days of the week and then like making an effort and going out to dinner one one night and you can look good and be comfy too I think. Yeah, these pants are a little tight. (laughs) (laughs) This next question comes from Casey, who asks, Dear Hank and Tangents, my stepfather was watching a documentary on Mars and all of the Mars rovers, and he was wondering why no one uses drones on Mars. Any help would be appreciated. Space drones and rovers, Casey. Well, I have great news for your stepfather, Casey. They're going to use a drone on Mars. It's coming. It's happening. I didn't know this. Uh, Oh, what? I don't pay attention to science news now that I work on Crash Course. <laughs> yeah, the Mars 2020 it, rover will have a drone on it. Yeah. So there's a couple of reasons why we haven't done aircraft on other planets yet. A lot can go wrong. You know, it's just easier to be like sticking around on the ground, rolling around. Mm-hmm. You have to land them. And like the quadcopter drone thing required a lot of like miniaturization of accelerometers and, and, and like motors and a lot of different things had to get small and lightweight for quadcopters to be something that was commercially viable. But then you have this other problem on Mars, specifically, which is that there's not much air. Mm, And so aircraft work by, you know, sort of working around air pressure. And when you have fewer molecules to push against, you can't lift yourself. So there's a vote in favor on Mars, though, as well, which is that it has like one third of the gravity of Earth. So you've got that is a good thing. It's easier to get off the ground because everything's significantly lighter. But it's harder because air pressure is like 1% of mm-hmm. Earth. There's just not a lot of molecules to push against. But they've figured that out and they've tested it in a vacuum chamber and it does fly. And uh, and it will mostly be a proof of concept device um, the one that they've got on the 2020 rover, fingers crossed. But it will also be there to like scout ahead to see like higher resolution pictures of where the rover might go to make sure that it's not going to run into anything that it doesn't like. Is it all that useful when you have satellites? Though? Yeah, you can get, definitely get better resolution okay. pictures from a drone than you can from a satellite. Okay. In the future, they want to do like fly over here, grab a rock that the mm. you know the rover the won't rover be able to get to get and we think is cool. interesting and bring it back. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Be like, hey, look at this other rock from a farther away. 
I want it to have a swarm of drones. Yeah, that a lot would of be little ones. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. So they can work together to pick yeah. up rocks. It's just this mm. little rover that's like rolling around and it's got it's these like, drones do, 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 taking do. off and What are they back. doing? I don't care. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I don't care about the science. I just want there to be a swarm of drones. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much how I feel. Marco asks, Dear Hank and Tangents, do you get lighter every time you fart? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Marco, question. for the question. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, mm, uh, yeah, I, you, mm, it's yes. Farts have a it volume. has to be yes. Farts have, volume farts? is not consequential. But they also have a mass. They also have a mass. mass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you fart a vacuum, <laughs> you definitely don't lose. <laughs> if you farted pure vacuum, uh-huh. one oh. big problem. <laughs> fart into your vacuum. <laughs> Can you store your fart in your vacuum? <laughs> <laughs> You can store your fart in a jar. Stefan is confused about how vacuums work. (laughs) Like into an air compressor, then you can store it. All right. But not into a vacuum, which just scrubs it and immediately pushes it back out. (laughs) But yes, do fart into an air compressor. Okay. And then when it comes out, there'll be some fart in there. Two. So if you get lighter, mass doesn't matter either. So you definitely become less massive. Mm -hmm. Okay. (laughs) But if the fart air is the same density as the air air, then you don't get lighter? Oh, because that's like, light is weight, which is the gravity pulling down on everything that is you. And so if you replace the fart air with a gas of equal density. So if I farted helium, I would become heavier when I farted. (laughs) 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 All I know is that if I farted helium, I would become heavier when I farted. Mm. So we fart uh, a sulfur we fart, Well, we, we fart a bunch of different stuff. Methane. So hydrogen sulfide is yeah. one of the things. We fart methane. We, but like mostly we fart like nitrogen and oxygen because a lot of our okay. farts are just swallowed air. Which then, I, yeah, if, then you don't. Well, then you have more I don't air. know, but I feel like there's less overall density. Like the density of your whole body has slightly gone down. But you breathe in when you fart. So like maybe there's like a fraction I don't of a inhale second. when I fart. <laughs> You know you a monster. Yeah. <laughs> and then fart. <laughs> there he does it. That's like eating a hot dog while you poop. <laughs> Stefan stops breathing every time he farts because he thinks it's gross to breathe and fart at the same time. Write it down. Put it on a pillow. It's immortalized in podcasts. Have you not eaten on the toilet? No, I have. Because <laughs> I have clarity. also eaten on the just toilet. Just for clarity. Yeah. And in the shower. I eat just ramen noodles. No. <laughs> the messiest possible food Why? on the toilet. There's so much stuff floating around in a bathroom. <laughs> I don't bring anything in the bathroom. I bring like... My morning breakfast is usually like Ugh. a nutrition shake Ugh. thing, like Kirkland Signature brand. Is the top open or closed? Well, I like shake it and then I put it to my mouth really fast. <laughs> so you know it's wrong what you're doing. <laughs> I know that there's a probability that there's bacteria in there, but... A higher probability. A higher, but there's also bacteria all around there's my bacteria house. bacteria everywhere. Breathing More, in air, mm. do you hold your breath in the bathroom? No. I don't think I so. sometimes do. <laughs> Only while he's farting. <laughs> yeah, but it's like does. sticky. It's like wet. Food's wet. So there's going to be poopies in it. Food's wet. It is <laughs> true. It's, wetness does matter. Yeah, yeah. You should always yes. dry your hands after washing them because if you touch wet hands to something, it's just like, oh, yeah. Oh, everything sticks to so that. So you can eat dry cereal in the bathroom, Sarah. You can't drink protein shakes anymore. Look, my big wet mouth is also in the bathroom. Mm. Yeah, I keep it closed the whole time. <laughs> 
<laughs> you can get hook up an IV and go in the bathroom for your breakfast. Lord. I have done a little bit of research <laughs> and methane, the average human fart, not every human fart, mm-hmm. some people have different gut bacteria, contains methane. And methane is more dense than air. So you do get lighter when you fart. This next question comes from Sam. Is this you? No, oh, it's not. Okay. I got confused about it, too. I thought that, that, that it's labeled that, that that was one for me. Uh, Sam says, Dear Hank and Tangents, I'm a third-year college student living in the dorms. My roommate is really into heavy metal, and recently he put up a poster on our front door of the guitarist of his favorite band. I'm not really fond of the picture. I'm not into metal. He wants to keep the picture up for the rest of the school year, and I know it represents something important to him, but at the same time, I don't want to come home every night to a door celebrating a guy I don't know anything about and care nothing for. What would be the best to compromise in this scenario, Pumpkins and Penguins, Sam. I wish you told us who this guitarist man was. Yeah, yeah. me too. Like, is this a nude picture of this guitarist? Or no, like... I think it's got clothes. It probably would have been mentioned if it was a nudie picture. <laughs> but if it's like, metal, well... it could be like somebody in a creepy costume. Yeah, probably, yeah. probably creepy. Do you think it's like a reasonably creepy. sized picture or a life-size cardboard? <laughs> just like, yeah, it's just like a full door. <laughs> yeah. Is there space yeah. left on the door? Yeah, that was my first thought is like, can I put up my own poster yeah. of like something that means Some... something to me? And I'll just look at that when I come home at night. Juxtapose it. Put up a my mm-hmm. Little Pony put up Harry Potter dash. yeah if it's a big poster it's taking up the whole door I think you're within your rights to say hey it's my door too buddy yeah get a different poster maybe one that you know he won't like yeah <laughs> uh, we have a we have a bumper sticker here at Derrick and John that says there is a diversity of beliefs among the people who drive this car mm-hmm. because sometimes you want to put a bumper sticker on a shared car but mm. you have to get the people to agree so, so it's, if somebody Dear sticks Hank a John bumper merch. sticker on your car that you don't agree with you have to get that Deering and John merch All right. <laughs> so you get that get that sticker put it on the door uh-huh. but X out the thing and then write live Musical. in the storm room uh, there's yeah. a variety of opinions re heavy metal guitarists among the people who live in the storm room <laughs> there's also the inside of the door well yeah but nobody can see that and people are going to pass by uh, and think true. the person in there that's likes yeah. my Loponian metal <laughs> <laughs> and maybe you don't want them to think that yeah. yeah what is the question is it you are not into metal and so you don't want to be represented by that mm-hmm. and so yeah. you want to represent your door that represents you or do you just not like looking at it because then you could just like avert your eyes every time you go back to your yeah. room Yeah. close yeah. your eyes as you open the door the great thing about uh, living in a dorm room is that it's definitionally impermanent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. If this was a lifelong commitment you'd made to this poster, then I would definitely <laughs> be like, we need to have this conversation. Yeah. But if it's like two semesters. Yeah. yeah. And I think if there's nothing like fundamentally distasteful about yeah. the band being represented or something right. like that. If you do really a little bit of research you and you find out that it's Slipknot, then <laughs> just, just like, you got to be like, this is not okay. <laughs> Everybody sure. except Sari enjoyed that joke. Yeah, Sari not as far from the worst yeah, band that you could fine. pick to put a poster up of, but <laughs> but all right. They just pee on things more than they should. <laughs> yeah. Do metal bands pee on things? Or? Slipknot, it's not. Slipknot does. Other ones do too? I, I think there's a lot of peeing happening in the metal community. I so mean, there's a lot of peeing <laughs> happening for all of us. Yeah. Which reminds me that this uh, podcast is brought to you by metal musicians peeing on things. Slipknot loves to pee. This podcast is also brought to you by Sari's Toilet Shake or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's what they call it. The, yeah. the Kirkland Toilet Shake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The toilet smoothie. You gotta be sitting on the toilet or else it won't let you open it. Oh. Only eat it on the toilet. This podcast is also brought to you by My Big Wet Mouth, also known as The Poop Sponge. <laughs> Come on. (laughs) This podcast is also brought to you by leg washing. Why don't... This episode of Dear Hank and John is brought to you by ZocDoc. Look... 
There are, I think it's fair to say, some imperfections in the American healthcare system, but there are ways that it actually has recently gotten easier. I don't compromise on a lot of things, but I do not love feeling like I can't find the right doctor for me. And I've gotten very lucky that I have found some good doctors for me. When it comes to your health, there shouldn't be compromise. Don't go back to that one doctor who uses your appointment to catch up on the latest headlines slash their family group chat slash their crossword puzzles just because they're available right now or they happen to take your insurance. Instead, like you don't have to keep going back to a doctor who you don't like. You can check out ZocDoc, a place where you can find and book doctors who make you feel comfortable, who listen to you, who prioritize your health. And you can search by location, availability, and insurance type. So literally, no compromises. Because with ZocDoc, you've got more options than you think. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and instantly book appointments with them online. Once you find the doc you want, you can book them immediately. No more phone calls and waiting on hold with a receptionist. We don't have time for this anymore. And these doctors all have verified reviews from actual real patients. Booking appointments with tens of thousands of top-rated, patient-reviewed, credible doctors and specialists. The typical wait time to see a doctor booked on ZocDoc is between 24 and 72 hours. That's it. You can even sometimes score same-day appointments. Go to ZocDoc.com slash DearHank and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then you can book a top-rated doctor today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash DearHank. ZocDoc.com slash DearHank. Every time I know it's coming and I'm like, I'm going to have to say ZocDoc.com right now, aren't I? And then I do. I'm getting good at it, everybody. ZocDoc.com. Half the people in this room do it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Another science question for the team. Uh, This is from Alyssa who asks, Dear Hank and Tangents, why do humans live so much longer than dogs? And why do sea turtles live so much longer than humans? And why do animals live for different amounts of time? Memento mori, Alyssa. Boy. (laughs) Those telomeres. Those is telomeres. It, is it telomeres? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I did it. There's some people say t- some people say telomeres. I've always heard telomeres. I've always and, heard telomeres. Yeah. Too. So what that? It's on DNA, right? Yeah, that's like the the caps of the chromosomes, and every time the chromosomes divide, they get slightly shorter, and as they get shorter, that that then you get more mutations happening in the DNA. It's a replication process that they get shorter. Like replication is part of division, but okay. the thing specifically is like the way that the machinery clamps onto the DNA Mm. and starts creating the duplicated strand, it inherently cannot duplicate the very, very end of it because that's where like the initial protein Mm. latches on. Mm. So Hmm. you like get a slightly shorter strand every time as you go back and forth. So why has a turtle ended up with so much better an ability to do this or whatever there's sort of the uh the evolutionary reason and then there's the sort of mechanistic reason so evolutionarily if you basically just say you can't breed until you reach a certain age like there's some pressure that Mm -hmm. means like it's better for there to be a long period before something reaches sexual maturity Mm -hmm. and then a long period of sexual maturity Mm -hmm. then you like evolution pressures for longer lifespan Mm -hmm. and there are all kinds of things that can push for a longer lifespan so if you like took a dog and you said we will never breed these dogs before they reach the age of 10 Mm -hmm. then over the course of many generations the dogs would live longer whoa because Mm. the ones who died early would never breed is that why people's life expectancy goes up no 
Oh, okay. Um, and then there are the mechanistic reasons, which is like, okay, so that's why evolution pressured for things to live longer, but what actually changed hmm. to make them live longer? Okay. And there are a bunch of things that seem to change to make things live longer, but they're all weirdly interconnected. And if you just change one thing, you end up with a bunch of weird bad side effects. Mm-hmm. So if you say like, oh, they have they have more of this enzyme, so give people more of that enzyme, and it's like, oh, well, now their telomeres are staying longer for longer, but also they get way more cancer. Uh, is there also like a metabolic component? Too. Yeah, because I feel like there there's is. like those really slow living sharks. Those that slow live sharks, those time. Greenland sharks. Turtles are slow. Or people talk yeah. about the Greenland sharks maybe live long, and the coldness of the ocean has something Ooh. to do with right. it. Right. Well, they're slow. It's cold. They're refrigerated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and and that like that's that seems to have something to do with metabolism and just like the more metabolism there is. Mm-hmm. God, those Greenland sharks are cool. Our, in our sharks episode, we talked about Greenland mm-hmm. sharks on tangents mm-hmm. and how they how they hunt. Which is that don't they spoil can, it. How they can eat. I won't spoil it. I'll just tell you. They eat seals, but they never travel more than like one mile per hour. <laughs> so how do they do it? Listen to SciShow Tangents <laughs> and find out. And now, everyone, it's time for the all-important news from Mars and AFC Wimbledon. I've heard that Sarah actually went and got AFC Wimbledon news because you're not busy. <laughs> <laughs> got funny. Plenty of free time. I got so much time. But in news from Mars, uh, I will tell you more about the Mars 2020 rover, which is getting ready to make its journey. So it's going through some initial tests, getting ready for launch. They launch, not launch. At the end of August, (laughs) engineers took the rover and spun it around really fast, but not to test gravity, which is what my first thought was, but to find its center of gravity. Oh, cool. They didn't like put it at the outside of a centrifuge. They just like put it here and they spun it around. They didn't know. They could probably model it pretty accurately, but you can't model it as accurately as real life. Huh, right. Mm -hmm. So they spun it around to find its center of gravity, which is very important for how you're going to position it inside of its spacecraft and also while doing like its descent calculations to make sure everything goes according to plan. Uh, One of the engineers at JPL compared the process to how you balance a new tire when you rotate it back and forth to figure out how the tire is balanced and you put weights on the tire rim to get the balance right for your car. In this case, instead of a tire, it's a 2,300-pound Mars rover and the engineers applied nine tungsten weights for a total of 44 pounds to get the center of gravity just right. Wow, that's cool. Spin that boy and then take him to Mars with his little, <laughs> with his little quadcopter. So it's getting to Mars in 2020. It's not yeah. launching in 2020. I think it's launching in 2020 and getting to Mars. Oh, it's doing both. But I don't know. It may get to Mars in 2021, but it's definitely okay. launching in 2020. Okay. Okay. I literally Googled AFC Wimbledon and then found something that was less than two days old. Yay! <laughs> that sounds great. Apparently, they're bad. Yeah. <laughs> in, in, I didn't know this. The people have this company just talk about AFC Wimbledon as, well, the, they, as a known quantity and John talks about it as a known quantity but I didn't know that they were actually like bad. They're not all like they're not no, it's not that they're bad. <laughs> they're in a tough league. They're mm. in a they are in a harder league than they used to so they were very good in their previous league and then mm. they moved up to the hard league and now they are at the bottom. I I guess I say this and people are going to come at me. I was also a bad at athlete thing. But they're good athletes. Yeah, but they're good. Okay, so they're better than me. I apologize to AFC Wimbledon. Yeah, no, they're doing very badly. They're doing very badly, but they just won. They did. They they won their first victory. The other 11 games of this season were lost or tied. Uh Uh-huh. You would not be a good sports commentator. (laughs) She's doing great. I can do the sports intro news sound. But anyway... 
So much negativity. Is that what that was? <laughs> yeah. Ba-da, 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 ba-da. Sports, sports, sports time, sports time with Sari. Yeah. This team is so bad. <laughs> Go team. Uh, okay, I can do it more positively if no, you want. No, yeah, it's fine. AFC Wimbledon is great. They're trying their best this season. And <laughs> after a long stretch of not that great, they won. It did. They had a strong first half. It was 3-0. Then it was a nerve-wracking second half, apparently, because the other team scored two. But they still won. 3-2. Do they have a chance? (laughs) It's not looking good. It's not looking good. They're below the dotted line, which I assume is the relegation (laughs) line. But they're only one below the dotted line. They're 21. Okay. The scarier thing, though, is that Southend, who started the season at negative 12 points, is now up to four. So they're going to get out of that zone. So they started at a negative because of something bad happened. Oh, they got Uh, like penalized. Yeah. I love that. Sports accountability. They're probably going to move out of the relegation zone and then Mm. AFC Women will be deeper in there. Oof. Oof. Or I think they're going to pull it out. Or they're going to keep going. Yeah. This could be the start. Yeah. I mean, the team that they they beat is one of the worst teams in the league. Okay. Mm -hmm. So they're only two things ahead of them. Well, that means they could beat Tranmere. They could be Bolton. They could. According to this Bolton ranking. also started with negative 12 points. Ooh, oh. It's not looking good then. <laughs> but they could. This they, is an underdog. Just like Stefan could rise above us and hang bucks. Yeah, but he probably won't. Oh. <laughs> now who's being won't. negative? Who's number one on the list? Ipswich Town. I'm Ipswich Town, baby. <laughs> <laughs> They got four green check marks in the last five. I have so. five Whoa. green check marks in the last four. So. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. I got a bonus one. This doesn't what? seem very fair at all. <laughs> we need to not have him be in charge of the points. <laughs> all right, guys. Thanks for making a podcast with me. Thank you. It was very fun. Yeah, what, is, what a good time. If you want to hear more from us, we're available at SciShow Tangents, which you could just search for on your podcast app. It's probably which... at the bottom of the thing on Dear Hank and John. It says they also subscribe to SciShow Tangents. If you go into the description. Mm-hmm. Maybe that would work. I have no idea. I think it would. Deering and John is a co-production of Complexly and WNYC Studios. This podcast is edited by Joseph Tunamedish, who's also sitting in the room this time. He got to be our peanut gallery. He laughed at jokes. (laughs) Very encouraging. And it's produced by Rosianne Hals-Rojas and Sheridan Gibson. Our head of community and communications is Victoria Bongiorno. The music you're hearing now and at the beginning of the podcast is by the great Gunnarola. And as they say in our hometown, don't don't forget forget to be awesome. But one more thing. You can ship coconuts in the mail. Is that legal? Yes. I keep Uh, saying that fact and I keep editing it out of episodes. (laughs) (laughs) 